Listen, Peter Piper did indeed pick a pack of pickled peppers. They say, say that five times fast. I can say it 10. That's a lie. Why am I lying? Why did I? Okay, Siri, what are you doing? You're supposed to be on Do Not Disturb anyway. Yep, Steve, what are you doing? She didn't that's what I figured. You didn't figure anything. Sorry about that interruption. This is why we need to get the computers out of our lives. This is why we need no I'm not one of them. I am not one of them. Look, I've said that quite a few times in the past few days, not referring to that kind of, you know, topic. But if you do, if you get nothing else from this podcast episode, understand and believe and know, don't don't just understand and believe it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me clear my throat. Can I talk my shit again? I am not one of them. However, that needs to come across some motherfuckers ears. Let it let it fall. And let it sizzle in your spirit. Let it marinate. Neck bond you. Shout out Country Wayne. War. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Except power. Dominance. Propaganda. Persuasion. Money. Profiteering. See, there, there, there's this, there's this funny thing that has existed. This vein of, of very large, rather, vein of just smear of, of like indecency, right? That has existed all throughout history. And it wasn't until maybe just today, but specifically recently, but maybe yet the past 24 hours that I really, really understood what has occurred over time. And I'm developing these thoughts as I speak because I've always known that something happened. And because of that, a lot of other somethings happened, right? And I've been, you know, in the church, I've been a Christian, I've been religious or been in religion since I was born, right? So I've always known about the, the garden and the forbidden fruit and Adam and Eve and Eve biting the fruit and temptation and evil entering the world and the devil and snake and all of this free will. I understand and know all of this. Excuse me. Right. I know that the first murder was committed. Cain and Abel. Brothers. That, that's the, it's less of what, I think what we forget about that story is not the importance is less of the murder. I think it's more that they were brothers, right? The thing that makes the, the story of Adam and Eve so perilous is less of, of what they did and the fact that it was only them two. So there's a direct pinpoint to say you damned the rest of, you, you know, there's, there's a thing about accountability and responsibility, right? I think what's happened over the past year about this awakening and this, you know, giant transformation that's occurred is in large part, more people have begun to take accountability for themselves, right? They've gained a sense of, right? We, we've been in this, this idea of individualism for so long. We, a lot of people are coming out of individualism and going into agency, right? Self-reliance. That's different than believing me, me, me. That's why I'm like, the year of the self is not about the self. It's about everybody else. It's about knowing that I have not been at stasis, right? We talk about dis-ease, the word dis-ease. I've not been at ease. I've not been at stasis really my entire life. But I look back at periods when I was, okay, as a kid, when all I had is like, you know, you ran around playing. And so, and really, I, I said, I recognized yesterday, it's funny, the number 11, I said, after hearing that a coworker at my warehouse shop has been there for 11 years, that, that threw me. And it, it threw me, especially because I was like, well, I've lived here in Denton for 11 years now. And I think about all the changes that have occurred in my life in 11 years. And, and through those changes that have occurred in my life for through 11 years, there, it was changes, but I was learning, right? I didn't know really anything. I had a child's mentality. Right? They say go into life with a child's mentality, a child's mindset, really that you know nothing and are curious to learn everything. There were constant changes, a lot of them not necessarily at my control, so I had to accept them and learn to enact my free will, my agency, the little bit of agency I did have when I could. 
So in turn, it made it feel like this world was huge, right? Because as far as I knew, the options I did have, I was going to make the most of them. And I utilized them. Oh, boy, I utilized them. I got to walk home from school. You couldn't do that in Chicago. Well, I, I could because I lived across the street from my school. But, you know, that wasn't really. And you can now. It's not that you couldn't. But, you know, Nipsey has a line walk. Trying to walk to school, get your jaw socked. Like, that's real. And it's in at the time I was there. That's why my mother moved. You know, we moved 2012, 2013, like the deadliest year in Chicago history, which is saying something, unfortunately. But I recognize here in Denton, I was able to walk to and from school starting sixth grade, right? Ride my bike to school. It's funny. I just, there's, there's this creator on TikTok I follow. Very few, he gets, you know, very, not very few interaction, but like a thousand likes a video. And it's funny because he'd be speaking such facts. I followed him. That's why I, I'm only going to follow you if, I, if you speak in facts on a regular basis. You got to come across my For You page consistently. And I'd be like, yo, okay, I got to hear what you're saying normally. Right? Big guy. He always wearing a do-rag, black shirt, black shorts, as black slide with no socks. Big black dude. Beard, everything. And it's funny because when I say like he'd be given spiritual awakening, you know, like emotional healing journey game, like you wouldn't believe, like you would expect from the PhD, you know, blonde hair, white lady. And you, you, that's the therapist you think got all the game. Nah, this man's is spitting facts, right? Keontae, I believe. I think it was, uh, handles I'm Keontae, K-I-N-T-E. Anyway, he posted one the other, he said all the time, he'd be like, you know, that you get, once you go through your stage, once you go through your awakening, you like, you don't care how you be out, you be outside. He said, I'll be outside. So like you say, black shirt, black shorts, slides, no socks, and a book. <laughs> he said, you just start, he said, you will have a book with you and you just stop where you at and start reading anywhere. And it's facts, right? But I recognize, yeah, as he was, he said yesterday, he was like, I moved, like, where I'm from, I couldn't just ride my bike around. He was like, I'm in a new city. He was like, you, you go through these, these like you go through this stage of, you're like a kid again. You riding your bike through the city. I always, there's something that has stuck with me for the longest. And I never really understood why until recently. At the end of, I, and I, I brought it up, and it's funny, again, for a second time today. Note to self, the last song on Forest Hills Drive. 2014 Forest Hills Drive, KJ Cole says, um, he's talking about cause and effect. He was like, cause and effect, that's a confirmed classic. He was like, man, I've been riding around my seat. I finally got a chance to actually sit and listen to it. He was like, I've been riding, around, riding my bike through Manhattan, listening to that tape. And it was, it's always been something about that image in my head that has stuck with me. The idea of 2014 Forest Hills Drive era, J. Cole, this man, at this point, he is up there. He is surpassed. At the time, J. Cole, and still is, equal probably, but had surpassed anybody, including Nas and Jay-Z and Kanye, as my, you know, oh, I'm looking at this guy. This, and it's for good reason, right? At this point where he is like dominated, he is dominating music, not just hip hop. He is the hottest thing in music. And the idea of this individual riding his, his bike through Manhattan, listening to his homies, his artists, but also his homies new album. I'm like, yeah, that's always sounded like the life for me. Right. They say like, it's like they talk about like Colby, the nigga that, that he always, if you uh, walking around, you think he a bum. Like, he, he think you go ask him for $10 or can he borrow your charger? <laughs> but the man's got a hundred million. He's still on the grind. Right. You embrace this child, the childlike nature. And it's not a childlike nature. It is your child nature. It's the child. They say, you know, the shadow work is healing the child that never got to live. But the big thing is we, we get so much shadow work focused on the shadow. At some point you have to enlighten. And that's not where this episode is or was going, but it is, you know, enlightening as I talk about it. You use that light. And once the light is there, you live in the light. I think so many people, they take shadow work. And because shadow work is a constant journey. They're always so focused on the shadow. Deion Sanders said something that has stuck with me. He says, you got to medicate the kid so the king can thrive, so the king can live. I cannot let the, it may not have been Deion, it may have been Michael Irvin. But he said, yeah, it was Michael Irvin. He said, I get because he was talking about his 90s days. He was like, I, and that's, but here's the thing. And, and here's, unfortunately, you know, excuse me, transition. This, you know, position that he's, I hate to say found himself in, but that he's been in this past, you know, recent, since I believe the uh, Super Bowl, what was it, draft, whatever, you know, whatever happened. And it's unfortunate, but I also, I, I don't believe, I think, you know, this is how the, this is, this is one of those situations. We know what this is, right? So I don't have to call a spade a spade. What's understood does not have to be explained. But he said that him, the way he lived in the 90s, the, the, with the White House, you know, the 90s Cowboys, 
Well, look, here's the thing. They won, what, five Super Bowls? Went to like 10 straight? You're a living legend. You've made it. You've dominated your industry in multiple ways because Michael Irvin understood that he had to mitigate. He had to, in order to not allow the kid to, to destroy the king. Hey, baby. You got to let the kid run free. They say when the cat's away, the mice will play. The cat leaves on purpose. The cat knows the mice need to play and that the mice can't play when the cat is around. I told my mom recently, I'm like, I recognize one of the greatest gifts she gave me was freedom. Oh, that's how we tie this back. One of the greatest, greatest gifts my mother, one of the greatest gifts my mother gave me was freedom. She didn't, she didn't have all of the, you know, all the world knowledge to give me. My mother has experienced a lot now. And so she's had, she has a lot of wisdom distilled and, and context about her character that she's able to pass forward without question. That's, that's invaluable in itself, right? But my mother gave me a freedom to explore and to learn myself. So over 11 years, a lot changed for me because I went through a lot of self changes because I was always looking at towards something new while embracing what I was in. I wasn't the kid that, that found something and discarded it. Once I found what I liked, I stuck with it. And then I searched for what was next. I either went down that rabbit hole further or I found the next Wonderland. I am black. I'm at, not blackout. I am Alice, right? Like I, I, I love Wonderland. I'm the Mad Hatter, really. I live in Wonderland. Right? I talk about the cultivated crazy. That's why the Mad Alice in Wonderland, the reason the Alice and, and the Mad Hatter is not really crazy. He just lives in Wonderland. Right? Like that, that's the kind of thing we forget. The Mad Hatter, Charlie, the Willy Wonka, his like his own his name in itself. He lives in a chocolate factory. The mo the one that was crazy was Charlie's uncle, who was a perfectly able-bodied. You know they say there's a there's a population of about seven million men between the ages of twenty two and fifty, able-bodied, fully capable of working. That are category that are included in the unemployment statistics and are not actively looking for work. Like on the, on the, in the sense of like truly, I'm good collecting social security. They're the reason that things like UBI get turned down. They're the reason that when we're about to go into default, excuse me, I got gummy worms. We're about to go into default. The first thing the Republican says cut social security. Not gov, not not defense spending. Not their, I think, $86 billion discretionary budget that nobody knows where the fuck it goes. And when we do find out where it goes, it doesn't make sense. But it makes sense because government contracts, because war prof profiteering. So let, real quick, let's wrap up the free will garden thing and how we got there. Don't you love when I didn't even pray before this? Excuse me. We need to pray after this. I didn't even pray. God just started talking. God didn't give me a chance to pray. He said we didn't have time for that today. We got stuff. We got to talk. We got things to say. A mother gave me a lot of freedom growing up, so I went through a lot of changes in 11 years. So the concept to me of staying in the same place, specifically a place like that for 11 years, threw me. Because your free will has been taken. You've been made into a slave. This is modern slavery. Your free will no longer exists. Your ability to think bigger has been truly depleted. You don't have the capacity to do so. Not the ability, the capacity. The bandwidth is no longer there. Okay. So what happens, I think, with the the, the original sin, right? With the, the fruit, with the God was gonna give us dominion of over the earth. That was what man was made for. That was Adam's purpose. He allowed him to name the birds, the beasts, and everything in between. Right? Take all these animals and name them, Adam. Well, we got two curious. Because we don't understand the difference between freedom, free will. And just playing on selfish human nature. And there's the idea that the belief that that was going to happen regardless, that that mankind's fatal flaw is our intrinsic baseline. If nothing else exists, we are selfish because we are human beings and we are human beings because we are selfish. Right. What, what has allowed us to thrive and evolve in the way that we have compared to any other species before us and that during our current time and that will come well not that will come after but the way we'll advance is our ability for self-preservation but a great point was made by david Icke, and here we go yesterday i listened to the changing world order well ray dalio speak on the changing world order right that's his bag it was on the modern wisdom podcast this is my last coming worm i'm done <laughs> unfortunately on the modern wisdom podcast today i saw a video from joy reed 
Joanne Reed, she does I the read my lips, the readout. I can't think of what her show is called. Uh for CNBC or MSNBC, one of the NBC networks, right? I I appreciate a lot of her content. And it's funny because in this is the way I, I always know I'm on the right path and I'm not making things up. The universe, God, however you 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 know you want to identify it, but God will place things in order to happen as they're supposed to in a time matter and if i it's truly like when i say if you just pay attention and tune in you see it because i'll notice the succession of events and be like oh this only happens if this happens this doesn't happen if that doesn't happen this hat okay gotcha bet oh the way that flowed oh there i've always never believed in coincidence but when i say that's crazy i stop stop saying damn that's crazy i was just talking about that it's no longer crazy it's divine <laughs> so yesterday at work you know and I, I haven't talked about this on here at all but really in general so i work at the aldi warehouse and then aldi distribution i load trucks long story short it's 115 degrees damn near in, in texas all day doesn't matter if i'm there i work four to midnight regardless i don't care if it's 4 a.m or 4 p.m it's hot as hell excuse me and inside it's also extremely hot so when we're loading trucks it's not like you know it's really relief it's hot and I wear a hoodie because we got to go in the cooler, which I mean, the cooler in the freezer. So it's like we're going back and forth. I don't have time to be going, putting it on and off, on and off. So I have to wear it. So on the hot, the you know, regular side at 9 AC, I'm sweating even more. We all are, whatever. For some odd reason, for some odd reason, Aldi has horror. And, and here's, here's the truth of the matter. I am fully okay putting this out in the open. I think what has been the thing for so long in the past is we've everybody has recognized issues within what is going like their, their, their corporation their organization but they think that and i said i had a friend i had a friend recently basically tell me straight up i don't think that just because you see things that need that you know you don't like that 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 you have to change them that's a fundamentally different view on the world we just fundamentally see life differently right even more so the things that I was pointing out, it was like, but these are things that negatively affect you directly as well. And you're every day, like day to day, eight hours of your day, a third of your day life. And even more after once we recognize, oh yeah, this does actually affect the next two thirds or the you know preceding two thirds, however it flows. So long story short, the same individual that I was speaking on to the individual that said the you know, changing thing yesterday says to me, because I, I, I was like, I'm not going outside to, like I said, at Aldi, they have a lot of logistic issues, which is crazy because it's a logistic business. Like your whole business is logistics. So how we, you know, their big thing is we need these trailers out as fast as possible. We don't have time to waste. Like the last time I apparently, you know, got a talking to because we have a um, injury prevention specialist and our injury, injury prevention specialist for the late shift, when they started the late shift, it's new. So he, you know, that wasn't his time to be there. So they had to figure out how to have them there for us, for us still, because that was part of the reason I even took the job. That was a big thing for me that they had. I'm like, I already have physical, you know, like back problems from lifting, from high school football, different. I want to keep, you know, I already try to keep my body in peak shape. I'm like, damn, if I can have that at the job, that's how, that's the reason you have it, right? To, to bring in top talent or talent regardless. I had been asking, you know, when is when will Howard be here? When will Howard be here? Long story short, First Tuesday, I'm back. He's there. This is the first Tuesday he comes in, and it's all, he's only going to be there for an hour with us. So he's going to be there from four to five. We already from have our you know pre our meetings, which we never really not no not don't need, but it's the same way all meetings are when they do the yeah man okay well same thing I always say yeah you don't have to tell us the same thing you always say if you always say it or if you're always saying it and it's like that we need to fix this every time clearly there's more to it. Clearly, there's something that's not being communicated properly or it's not being pushed, you know, gotten through that we're having to bring up the same. We always do the yeah, same thing. I always bring up minor issues that we keep missing. Clearly, there's a reason that these minor issues keep being missed. At some level, there has to be accountability and responsibility. Somebody has to be accountable and say, OK, this is because it is my job. It's if I, I always say if you fix what you know, if you know in a situation, I'm they're doing something wrong, but it's possible I could be wrong too. I don't know that it's me that's causing an issue, but if it is, let me fix what I think it may be. If you fix what you think or you know may be causing it from your side and the issue still persists, you can wipe your hands of it and say, it wasn't me. 
I literally, I took, I, I A-B test life. That's design thinking. I, I improve on purpose. I'll be honest. I improve sometimes as a form of proving other people wrong. You kept telling me that it was me fucking up in the relationship. And I was like, you know what? Well, what they're saying I'm doing isn't incorrect. I didn't think it was the cause, but what they're saying I'm doing isn't untrue. And they're saying it's causing them pain or it's causing them this. Let me, let me see what it, this is an A-B test. This is what marketing, a marketing, you know, education and brain does for life. This is why life is marketing and marketing is life and why are these brands are able to control your minds. And yeah, because they get people like me into their rooms after they've coached them up on corporate marketing through a four-year education. And then, you know, the bad, whatever they tell them, go back for the masters because we'll pay for it. Go back for your PhD. We'll pay for that too. So now you have, yeah. That, and then now you're a behavioral psychologist with 15, 12 years of education through their, you know, corporate education system. To get, and now they're paying you off to do studies that say this cereal is good, even though it has this many sugars in it. Yeah, that's a, that's literally how all this happens. In case you didn't know, God is talking today. God is talking today. I'm not even sure where I was at. Behavioral psychologist, marketing degree, A/B testing. I improve because you can't say I didn't if I did. Okay, so accountability. Own up. Simply say, even if you don't say it to us, you'd be like, you know what? I wonder if I approach it this way today. I wonder if, so we're having, like I said, the same kind of meeting we always do. And then the, the warehouse lead or warehouse manager then also, I guess, has some he needs to add. So I'm, I'm like, I, as, when I let him finish, I didn't interrupt him. And at the end, I was like, hey, you know, I think maybe on Tuesdays, just on Tuesdays, I, this is what I said, on Tuesdays, maybe we shouldn't have, and I was saying this to Marcus, my supervisor, lead, whatever, not to Ron, the warehouse manager, but whatever. I'm like, I think maybe on Tuesdays, if Hyrule's only going to be here for an hour, these are the days we shouldn't do, or we should, you know, if we're going to talk about the same thing, especially, maybe we can just say, hey, real quick, hey, same as usual, let's get whoever needs to go see Hyrule, go, or if you need to go see Hyrule, go, you know, come back and talk if it's something that important, or if it's individual, whatever. Ron, like I said, the warehouse manager, I guess he didn't hear that, or claim he didn't hear that. He said, like, what did you say again? So I repeated it. He was like, well, I, I just, I, I had to finish what I was saying. That's fine. I let you finish. So that's no issue. I was, I'm just talking about going for it, whatever. Because I think that's what, that's one thing definitely. And I, I said it yesterday. I've recognized I have become and am a great example of the words. We didn't know they made niggas like this, right? When everybody does the, we love the way you talk. We love, you know, you're so, you're so deep. Oh, we love the way you think. Oh, your mind. Are you saying we didn't know they made niggas like this? When you ask me out in the street, what sport do you play? Not one. I haven't played high school. I haven't. I played high school football for three years, but I haven't played football for five. I quit my before. I played one scrimmage my senior year. What sport do you play? Nope. This is genetics. I do yoga and take walks and eat well. But they don't ask you stuff like that. What is your morning routine? What's the billion dollar morning routine you've taken a year to craft and discipline yourself to to work, wake up and regulate and, and be on top of? That's not the kind of question. And I don't think necessarily anybody gets asked that question off top. But when you, you see, you know, a strawny white man going toward a nice car, you automatically assume he's got a lot of money. What do you, you're going to ask him, what does he do for a living? You see me walking out of Chipotle, I guess somewhat, you know, ripping out of my shirt. And you ask me, what sport do you play? Not a fucking one. Hey, thank you for saying I look like I do, but that's not. You're sizing me up for my physical description. That's fucking slavery. But we don't see things like this because for white people, it doesn't happen in their everyday life, except when they're the one perpetuating the, you know, circumstance, situation, stereotype, ideology, whatever. But for them, there's nothing wrong with it. There never has been. And that is when we talk about all these different things that have existed since. So absolutely nothing. War. What is it good for? I, I, I'll finish that. Okay, so I know I'm jumping around, but it all connects. It's all connected. Shout out uh, the little boy in, in uh, what's the show? Manifest. Shout out. I know the little boy's name. I just can't. Kyle? Caleb? Kendall? <laughs> I don't know. It's already K or it's like a, a C. I can literally, I can see it. That little boy was wild. He was special. Hey, he was chosen. Uh, he was chosen, chosen. I ain't finished last season. So long story short. This issue persists. So he's, he's like, what do you say? Sorry, Peter, whatever. So I can tell this is him in his head saying, got it. This is my chance. I can see it, but I didn't, I didn't know that there was a need to have a chance. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I can see it, though. You, you can always see when a motherfucker 
gets an evil intention in their eye. Like truly, when they get a petty thought, you can see their the, the same way you get Eureka, you can see, I don't know, whatever, whatever the petty Eureka is, you can see the petty version of Eureka pop up in somebody's eyes. Right? If the light bulb goes on when they get a Eureka, the dark, the light bulb goes out. You see the darkness of people. So I go over, I'm like, yeah, I'd already told Hyrule when I first got there. I was like, man, I've been needing you to be here. I'm like, dog, look, my back is bad. Like, like it's killing me. And it is, it always has, like it has been. But it was that, like it had been. That's why I've been asking every day before, Hyrule, where's Hyrule gonna be? When, 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 when? So we're about to start loading this man, Ron. He's up there and he's never there. He's, I don't know why he's even there in the first place. He goes on to say, as Hyrule was talking, he's like, you know, so like, where, uh, he's like, where do you, you know, what spot specifically? Check me out real quick. And Ron was like, oh, we don't have time for that. And I was like, why not? Well, we've got to get these runs out. We've got to start uh, loading these trucks. And I was like, because we're supposed to get eight hours. We have not gotten eight hours, but maybe we haven't really at all. But we had been that first, that few weeks, it had been like five, six hours. So we were getting out early. So it wasn't like, I'm like, we had the time, whatever. So I was like, well, for y'all to be telling us that we have, you know, this whole eight hours thing and that we only, you know, we're all trying to get us eight hours. I was like, well, this seems like, if not anything, a f way to add five minutes to the rest of my day to, to sit down with Howard real quick. And I was like, plus, this can replace some of the time that we've been sitting around waiting for trailers. At the time we're sitting there waiting for trailers because there's not enough trailers apparently at the warehouse. I don't understand how there's never enough trailers to load trailers. The whole purpose of that entire building is to load trailers. How are there never enough trailers? Or you'll have things like, I shit you not, the trailer won't be backed up all the way to the door. So there was, because here's, here's the reason. So here's how we got to where we got yesterday. What will happen is we've got to turn the trailer on because of how hot it is, it has to cool down. So we have to go outside before we, it, it makes more sense to go outside and turn the trailer on before you get to the trailer. But also you got to sometimes get to the trailer to make sure you can use the trailer, right? So there'll be, there was a time recently, this was wild. The, we only had one trailer available for me to use. The trailer was not backed up to the door all the way. So I couldn't get into the trailer with the, you know, with pallets. Apparently there's no driver to push the trailer back. There's no driver to be found. The only driver around is on break and he's been on break for like 45 minutes. This was the day I decided I'm not going outside before I know anymore. Because again, it's hundred degrees outside and there's times where we got to go down from trailer 75 to trailer hundred. I got to pass 25 different trailers to get to my trailer in 105 degree weather. And again, I've got my hoodie on, sometimes sweatpants. Regardless, if you live in Texas, you understand. You don't just step out just for fun. This is multiple times a day. So I'm like, the one time that we can say this shouldn't be happening or the, you know, if I go out there and, and there's, you, you give me a door and I go to the door and there's no trailer at the door. So I just walked from door 75 to 100 to find out there was no fucking door at it. I mean, there was no trailer there. Somebody didn't do their job. And you'll come back and they'll be like, what? There was, there's no trailer. Come on, man. Yeah, somebody should have. So the fact that I, but I know for, it's not my job to go out there and check to make sure that there's trailers at some point. Somebody, should, that's, that's my supervisors who sit on their ass all day. They, they do, you know, they help with a couple of trailers and there's no slight to them. They, that's their job to sit there. That's why, they, you know, they get to be supervisor, I guess. But long story short, yesterday I finished my trailer and there's no trailer. There had been any trailers all since we started. There have been very few. So one of my you know supervisors he says he gives me my uh, run sheet and he says all right go outside and find a trailer I was like, i'm not going outside that was a statement of fact i'm not going outside not to look for a trailer and the like i say the older black one black man who does this the thing that older black men tend to do in jobs like this in a lot of jobs in general but in jobs like this with people like me they they have this thing that that they got to protect me they got to be dead i don't need your fucking help I said in one of the TikTok videos that wouldn't TikTok would not let me post what I'm talking about here. I tried to do two 10 minute videos, two separate videos. Neither of them would, you know, load. But I said, none of nobody in this human plane can harm me, which means none of you can help me. So I don't need your. And, and it's nice to have, you know, people looking out for you. I get that. But I understand when God. I know, but that's I understand and know when God is putting people in my life to look out for me, and when there's people that are going about their own. They're, they're, you know, uh, projecting. They're doing that because in his head, I guess he's seen this before. He's seen. No, you haven't. Anyway, so that happens um, because, yeah, when the sorry, I, I guess I didn't finish with the this is story time. I didn't finish with the uh, yeah the high road thing. He says, 
yeah, we don't have time for that. So I'm like, uh, sure we do. So I was like, well, we're going to have time for it today. I, this is, again, a statement of fact. This was not a defiance. This was a statement of fact. It may not be time for it normally. I don't know about that. I can't speak on that. But today, because I was like, if you're telling me I don't have time, then nobody has time. And that means Hyrule's about to sit here for an hour not doing anything. And Hyrule said himself, he was like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. There's multiple people right there. Multiple people are also saying, wait a minute. Yep, hold up. They're hearing it. And as they're hearing him keep trying to justify you know when they, they do the re, that grasping for straws? Again, the thing is, you haven't met one like me. My brain fire. I don't just mean one. I mean a person. My brain, I, it fires quickly. I train for stuff like this. So, so I'm not only am I not rising to your level of confusion and frustration, but I've got a counter and an attack for everything you got. Block, jab, block, uppercut, block, shin kick, hip toss, submission hold. You going to tap or you want the ref to count you out? That's a long 10 seconds. Okay. Tick tock, tick tock, nigga. <laughs> anyway, so it goes on, yeah, basically to say, uh, yeah, we don't have time for that. So I'm like, well, I'm, that's unfortunate because I'm, I'm laying down with Hyrule. So he was like, uh, he's like, actually, come here real quick. So I walk over. I'm like, yeah, cool. We walk over and he has something to say about something else that had happened two days before that was a complete non-issue. That, that was a crazy thing. That, and I was like, oh. This is the definition of you're picking at straws. You're hoping one of these things is going to set me off enough that you're going to be able to say, I did, I said. And he tried it. He was like, I don't work like this. You're raising your voice. I don't work like this. I was like, I promise you, I'm not raising my voice. And even more, it was like, I said, I was like, it's interesting to see how quick you were to immediately make it, immediately, the white man make it that the black man is raising his voice and getting aggravated and, and angry. It's, I'm like, you were very quick to run. He was like, well, don't pull the race card here. That's not what's going on. And it just, it's, that still plays in my head because I'm like, it's funny. One thing to even just be able to say, pull the race card. The fuck is the race card? You sat there telling me I was getting angry, aggressive, and yelling. And you don't work like that. You don't, so I, so I need to calm down. When you, and it's, it's always interesting when you go back and when you have multiple eyewitnesses, audible witnesses as well, ear witnesses. And you'd be like, yo, was I, was I? If, if I was, let me know. And they'd be like, nah, I thought you, I was listening because I was interested trying to see what was going on. I couldn't hear, they were like, I couldn't hear anything. I knew what was happening. Well, clearly I wasn't that damn loud because everybody's right biased. You didn't go that far. You made sure to do it where everybody saw it. You made sure to do it where everybody saw it. Castrated, bug breaker. Anyway, that, that he ran off. I was like, so yeah, he said, okay, well, yeah, you can sit with Harold. I was sitting with Harold anyway. And as I'm sitting there, he, he asked me, he was like, what was that even about? And he was like, yeah, that was ridiculous. Long story short, I knew I was in the clear. Truly, I knew I was in the clear. Come to, yeah, the, uh, yesterday, I was like, I'm not going outside. The individual I was speaking about earlier, the, you know, wannabe dad, he pulls me aside. He was like, I want to do this, you know, over in the office so nobody's, so not everybody's being nosy. And he was like, not everything needs a comment. Which here's the thing, as soon as he went at the desk, after I said it and he reacted the way he did, I was like, oh, brother, this is about to be a thing. I regretted it immediately, not because I said it, but because I didn't re even realize he was right there. And it's funny to say that I wouldn't say it because he was right there, not because of him or his presence, but because I don't feel like dealing with you. I know that's the thing. I know when to hold my tongue, not because I, I don't mean what I say or say what I mean, but because I know that I can't trust everybody to be around me. I know that I am, I've always been, an, like I was just saying, telling a friend yesterday after I was describing this, I have always been an individual that truly, there was a tweet that used to fly around that people would say, you know, when a rumor get back to you and you'd be like, I did that, that has always been me. People have talked down on my name since the beginning of time. Marcus did this. Marcus said that. Marcus with this. Marcus with this person. Marcus, Marcus, Marcus. Why the, why in the world are you, <laughs> why are you so damn worried about Marcus? Oh. Because Marcus is a definition of a threat to you and your stability for some odd reason. Not, not because he's an actual threat to your stability, because Marcus wants to help. Marcus is about collaboration and building things together. Marcus wants everybody rich. Marcus wants everybody rich. Marcus said, if I, Marcus is like Oprah. I get one, you get one, you get one, you get one. Everybody gets a yacht. But like Meek said, niggas burn a bridge and expect you to send a yacht. Where they do that at? So he goes on to say, you know, not every comment, not every you know, thing needs a comment. And he's like, so, you know, you've got to relax, man. I know you're outspoken, but you, uh, they've already been having meetings about, you know, about you. You have saying things at times, so you don't want to risk your job. And I'm like, well, one, I hate it because that's what they put you here for, Samuel. That's why, you, that's why you're there. Two, 
It's the fact that you threatening me with this job is crazy. I would what? I was threatening. <laughs> I, you ever? Hey, that's like a girl threatening you would leave, and they'd be like, "Oh, I just told my, all right, I told my mama this morning we broke up." You talking about you about to you 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 gonna leave tonight? I'm leaving tonight. I was about to come home and sing and play for you. Uh, if you think you're lonely now. Oh, you no anyway and that's not even it's not like that but it's the listen to black habits too by d smoke that's all i gotta say on that so in that moment i was like I, as he's talking i'm like you're right i was like i appreciate it i appreciate you i got dapped him up this one of them well excuse me walked out nothing because it, it, it truly did not phase me because i already excuse me i already knew it was coming i had been preparing for that moment since they since day one when they told me yeah this is so and so he's going to be he's applying for shift lead for second shift i knew immediately i was like mm. so you know and that's why i made sure to get to get in cool with him in the beginning he also he's a very that's my thing very cool individual very cool dude i'm like i know part here's the thing the reason i'm able to recognize it so deeply is i'm sure he was me at some point but that was 35 years ago right that was 30 years ago 20 years ago what i've always laughed at when i like recently that i'm not my ancestors thing via the broke brawl it's not that we're not our ancestors were active they got active it's not that they rebelled they fought back they were active it's that our ancestors did not have the opportunities options choices and resources that we have they they we they don't have they didn't have the access to the abundant level of of resources that i can tap into the the, the phone calls that i can make if i need a job my, the, the, my friend Jenna, i was talking to her last night and she made a great point i got this job in the exact same way so you you telling me uh they've been having meetings about you you know speaking up of course they fucking have yeah my spirit guys told me those people talking behind my back and i kept saying who i kept asking who there you go reveal message them folks and it's crazy it's funny because if i had said not only i did say that and and that's the thing that people call you delusional it's just not that serious you're not that important you're right i'm i'm i should not be that important to them but i am because here's the thing especially as a black man but if you are a black individual in corporate america when they can't get you for the work when they know that you work well because you got pride about your damn self because all i know i got in this world is my balls and my nuts i know you white folks ain't got me on shit, so i stand on 10 and do what i got to do i'm never gonna let you say marcus hendrix didn't do or marcus hendrix did do hell no marcus hendrix dictate what he did or didn't do you're not finna say I, you i don't i don't put the power to allow my narrative to be written in a single one of these crackers excuse me cracker jack motherfuckers hands my point being yeah i knew they was having meetings behind my back talking about me here's the issue y'all having meetings because i because of what i said had meetings about what i said have meetings about the very things that i'm bringing up but they don't they don't want to do that because that actually forces you to address and change you may lose a bit of money in the interim but it's going to make you more in the long run but they don't nobody in that building i promise you sees big picture the way i do not a soul there's not one not a ball and i'm like it's funny when you get somebody a title and border they get their chest puffed up so war what is it good for war profiteering that's what it's good for ray dalio spoke on the changing world order about a month ago three months ago he spoke on it quite a few times but three months ago on the modern wisdom podcast and one thing that they brought up was uh china and russia how the world changes when we are in you know in, in times of war or in fear of war right and it was very interesting just to hear him describe that and he's, he's they spoke on there's a prognostication a prediction that china's population will decrease by half by 2050 go from 1.2 1.1 billion to about 650 million okay that that stuck with me you know off rip and i was like damn really that's crazy right i'm getting dark out here i love it um China's population will decrease by half to 650 million by 2050. That's the prediction. And, and as they spoke, you know, they were saying America specifically, there, there's the belief that that is to our benefit, right? We get told that is a, a good thing for us. Can enable, we focus on the murder and forget that they were brothers. The first murder was committed by brothers, right? Cap, capital murder, like the highest, the highest offense in the land is murder. Like the, the cardinal sin really is kind of murder. Like all the, you know, they're all don't kill still, but they're all equal. But murder is bad. Killing your fellow man is bad. Even if you don't do it by your own hand, praying for being indifferent toward accepting with, you know, the idea of how it benefits you. 
the loss of life of your fellow human? Crazy idea, right? But not when you recognize that since the beginning of time, we've been killing our very planet for, as David Icke described it, economic growth. Isn't it crazy that the very thing that is, he said, he was like, if, if a house was on fire, I'm not going to dump oil on it to put it out. The very thing that's called that you have called, well, we need more money to fight. the. How about you stop bailing out these large corporations, giving them government contracts to build oil rigs in Alaska? I don't know that it's going to stop climate change, but I know it's not going to add to it if you don't add more oil rigs. I, I know this for a fact. I'm not a scientist and I have not done it. Well, I am. I'm a scientist. I'm a, you know, a life scientist, but I'm not a you know, natural scientist. I'm not a uh, chemical scientist. I'm an alchemist in the sense of the spiritual and natural world and, and uh, society and culture. Right? That's my space of engineering, social engineering. But I know this one thing for sure. Two wrongs don't make a right. I learned, they, 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 they taught me that real early. Two wrongs don't make a right. And that's where I, I always wonder. I remember for the past year, I have been battling back and forth between slave ideas or slave values, you know, and then black cultural beliefs and America, right? The, the American society and what it allows, right? Kind of the rules of engagement as far as culture goes, society goes. And I, re I was recognizing the discrepancies and then the similarities and then who benefits and who utilizes what. And it really boiled down to this recently. I said the other day to my sister, I asked her, I was like, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, how many illegal things, like truly illegal things would you say you do? She was like, well, I may drive, you know, reckless. I may speed a little bit, but that's really it. And I'm like, yeah, and I smoke, which is illegal in this state. Not necessarily, it's not, you know, and even that is decriminalized and we know why it's illegal. So you recognize, hmm, I, I, I truly, I'm like, I don't do anything else illegal per se, just even that, I follow the rules of wrong and right. I know what's wrong. I know what's right. I know what's okay and not okay. I know what hurts my fellow man. I know what doesn't. I know that I was taught the golden rule and I've grown to understand the golden rule at death. They told me, treat people how you want to be treated. And I recognized I one have to know how I want to be treated in order to do so. And then I have to treat myself that way. And three, actually treat people the way you want to be treated. See, we have this, we have this funky idea of reciprocation because and not have a reason, right? We, we believe in that, but we don't believe in the idea of protecting our fellow man simply because, just because. You should do this because, but I don't have to. Or because I would, you should. Just because you would don't mean I, there are certain, there's, there's lines we draw within self and then that don't reflect society. So my point being, we go back, I think the basic rules that we learn in black culture are don't steal, kill, or lie. You don't do those. You don't lie, you don't steal from people. You don't lie to people. You don't kill anybody. You can remain from doing those three. You're good. And then I recognize probably, you know, what you would say slave values, specifically the idea that Christianity was forced upon us, white Christianity specifically, American Christianity was forced upon us in the way it was. And those being, you know, the pillars of it. And you start to recognize, hmm, is it possible? Because the, the same people that hold all the power don't abide by those rules. And I started questioning well, then why should we? That was where the question started. Why should we? And it was the answer was obvious morality. Like that's where morality exists in the ability to, to simply answer it because you should, because it is right to do, because your fellow human benefits from it. And be, because they do, so do you is enough of an answer. But for a lot of people, it's not, or they don't even ask the question, but it's come along. And I recognize, like I said, so wrong and right. I live off of wrong and right. I know it's wrong. I know it's right. Well, I, if, if nothing else, I always pretty much know what's wrong. And I know if I'm deciding to do what's wrong, I made that choice consciously and I have to deal with the, the consequences. I try not to do wrong things that are going to affect other people negatively. And that was why I was like, in the speeding thing, it was funny. I said, well, yeah, that's interesting because speeding, the reason that that is wrong more against the law than it is wrong is because it can negatively affect somebody else. So there does need to be a rule in place. But outside of that, the things, a lot of things that are considered... And, and it came, and this is where, you know, different aspects, Chris brought up last night, the idea of no, and it made me think of how many things he said, you know, no is the kind of the law of the land. It's in contracts, it's in, you know, agreements everywhere. No is going to be everywhere. And I recognize, hmm, it is non-compete, non-disclosure, anti-trust, anti-racism, anti, everything is wrong and right. Yes and no. We have such a black and white. And there does exist a gray, but where the black and white exists, the black and white exists. And I think, you know, no pun intended, but there is a clear divide in the black and the white. There's a side that agrees that at the baseline, what I have to do as a human being on this planet is protect myself and my fellow human beings, because protecting my fellow human beings also protects myself. 
the year of the self, recognizing the year of the self benefits the collective, the one, the many, the few, the all. Fighting back against a side that's, uh, that is for the, since the beginning of time, only cared about the single, the one, the individual, individualism, nationalism, right? This deep fucking, oh my goodness, they're, they're terrifying, honestly, because you, you see it and you look at it and it's like, oh, y'all truly are looking for dominance, maybe not even by a specific race, but by a specific, because the same way that we shifted, we've kind of transcended the, the line of race, religion, you know, status in, on, on our side. They have in a lot of ways as well. It's as long as you believe what we believe. If we can get you to, to shout from the top of the rooftops, especially if you have some level of influence, it don't matter what you look like. In fact, it, it benefits them if you the more diverse you are, right? Which is how you get to come to a young black kid and say, I know you're outspoken, but they've been having meetings about you behind your back talking about you speaking up on things that they should probably be having meetings about changing or fixing or working on. So don't lose your job. Or what is it good for? The war profiteers. China's population dropping to 650 million people by 2050. And it caused me to think, hmm, for the past year at least, but definitely for the past five years, China and Russia have been the focuses, focuses, focuses as far as the fear mongering, the propaganda, the, these, this is the enemy, right? And we've known that the idea behind war and behind, you know, what has happened is you create a single enemy, right? What was Hitler's plan? Create a single entity to say that these are this is the source of not only your all your problems, but your future and eventual inevitable and quickly coming demise while ignoring that the real enemy is in front of your faces telling you who to, who to, who to shoot at. The person shooting you behind your back, they're telling you to turn around and look elsewhere so they can stab you in the back. These same individuals kept telling us Russia, China, Russia, China, while they pumped, while they, while they pumped Donald Trump up to the presidency. They didn't recognize that we were not yet scared enough of, tr of China and Russia and were immediately terrified of this fucker Trump because we were more worried about what he was going to do to them than, than what they were going to do to us. Second level. And I, I was wondering, because, you know, I've been in an animated movie stretch recently watching Rio 2. I'm in the middle of Ice Age and beginning of this year, I watched the Lorax. I had a lot of lessons from the Lorax about the environment, about you know, the chosen one, about a lot of different things, a lot of different aspects. I just watched The Matrix the other day. It, it's fun. Again, like the way things will fall in place, I always know God's got a definite plan for my life and he unfolds it right in front of my very eyes. Um, the Lorax, and that's probably why, because we're talking about the Lorax. And it, what happened over this past year, excuse me, what happened over this past year, yeah, Trump was the real fear. Now, one thing they talked about, Ray Dalio, he talked about on, there, on the podcast, he was saying, we need different leaders for different states, for different times of being, right? Obviously, you want the more dominant leader during times of war and during times of peace, you want a more peace oriented leader. I recognized what's happened over time in general, but specifically recently, uh, the individuals that have been in positions of power really haven't been either. They're not bred for war and they're not built for peace. So they're, they're, they're doing this because what I recognize since the beginning of time, we have been in this constant state of war and peace. It's never ended. It's always been just sometimes the, the pendulum swings. And that's a, that's the truth of the matter. We don't often enough recognize cycles. The pendulum always swings. If it swings one way, it has to go back the other. It has to. That is what equilibrium is. That is what equally yoked is. That is what balance is. That is stasis. You have to go through 11 years of changes to be the kid and the king. War and peace. War what is it good for? Absolutely nothing, except for war profiteering. I think the people who can be good at war and peace never have to go to war and have the option to always live in peace. Right? The thing about being good at war and peace is that you provide yourself choice. Diplomacy and dominance give you options because everybody around you knows, hey, he can use the words, he can use the pen, or he can use the sword. I don't necessarily want to go to battle with either, so I'm going to sit back. Especially if you lead with the diplomacy, with dominance always, right? That's what they say. Oh, oh, the most dangerous man. The one with stuff to lose and gain. The one with something to gain, something to lose, right? So recognize, yeah, the leaders, we have to, and we have not had that. Even more, we've not had that through history. So David Icke was saying, he said, he was like, what is he's, the fundamental reason for war is to, to determine a post-war society, to set in place a post-war society. So I recognize since Roe v. Wade specifically, but for the past year at least, 
and really, yeah, since, you know, the you know, Trump era has begun, but I would say the past year definitely is when it's been in hypersonic super speed. These individuals have been trying to put in place their post-war society. The issue is they did it pre-war. We were not yet afraid enough of China and Russia. We were more afraid about the, the threat at home because enough of us had caught up on the history by this point and learned about the Holocaust and Hitler and Germany. And we'd seen what the hell happened. And we recognized the parallel lines. We recognized the through lines through the... Mm, some don't look right here. Mm, sounds so familiar. Mm, we've seen this. We've, we've, we know how this story plays out. And they've been trying to tell everybody for the longest. Nobody wanted to listen. What is the, the fundamental reason for war? To set up a post-war society. By setting up a post-war society, what do we mean by that? That means after World War II, I believe it was, and this is something that's fun, again, that things overlap the way they do. I think they said it was five governments that went to basically total dictatorships, Italy, Japan, Germany. What's that? Three, Italy, Japan, Germany, Switzerland or Ireland, one of the two, and somebody else. May have only been four, but long story short, a, num a handful of major powers at the time, and you know, even going forward, maybe the Soviet Union? I'm not sure. Think, yeah, think Soviet Union. Yeah. Haha. <laughs> China? Counts? Whatever. These handful of major powers went to total dictatorships, post-war society. That, that's how Hitler gained power, a post-war society. You, you set up it, the Archduke being assassinated, I imagine, had something to do with, you know, being able to set up to change the succession line, right? Trying to get a lot of dough, anything is possible. Turn me up in the headphones. Yeah. Trying to get a lot of dough and dirt the water obstacles, cause anything is possible. Yeah. Oh man, I got a lot of gold. Stack that bread and buy my nose. Anything is possible. Yeah. Trying yeah. to get a lot of dough and dirt the water obstacles, cause anything is possible. Oh man, I got a lot of gold. Stack that bread and buy my nose. Anything is possible. Hey. I grind to get a lot of dough and dirt do all the obstacles Cause anything is possible Yeah Oh man, I got a lot of gold Stack that bread and buy my nose Anything is possible Yeah All I know is get paper All I do is shit major Bought a condo on the top floor in the buildings the skyscraper Feeling like I'm Kobe LeBron For the Lakers Feeling like I'm Idris Paul Walker